What's up and welcome into the Around the SEC podcast done by myself, Jack Schenkel, and as always, I am joined by Pat and Will. Today we have a lot to talk about, including exciting weekend's worth of games. We have some other games to look forward to this weekend. Thank gosh I can finally say that every weekend, all football, all about it. And then obviously we get to talk about making money in the form of lines. So with that being said, let's talk lines, let's talk dimes. All right, I do want to go ahead and off the top talk about the games from last week. Um, obviously, starting in alphabetical order, Alabama versus Mercer. Um, this game was actually from what I I didn't actually get to watch this game. Off, you know, just gonna be very blatant about that. But I do think from all the Alabama fans that I've talked to that Alabama was very. Looked like they were kind of going through mud. I know the scoreboard of 48-14 to 14 doesn't quite seem like that. But, again, this is a Mercer team versus supposedly the best team in the entire country. Um, I just want to hear what you guys think about that. But, um, obviously, last season we thought at the same time that Alabama didn't really look that dominant until they started playing the same way against absolutely everybody. So I'm, I'm going to open up the floor to you two to talk about this game just real quick. Um, okay, so I, like everybody else, uh, thought the score was a lot lower than it should have been. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those teams you come from beating Miami to playing Mercer, take the foot off the gas. Uh, not anything to be concerned about going forward this season. Yeah, I don't think anything of it. They're coming off of Miami and they have Florida the next week, so sandwiched in between two games, Mercer, whatever. All right, well, we're going to pretty much fly through the rest of them, and then we'll get into those games a little bit more. Don't for, don't worry, we do have some team news, at least for each team. Uh, if nothing uh, if nothing else, we get to talk about the actual football of it all, so let's go ahead and run through these scores. Georgia beating UAB 56-7, to uh, remaining number two in the country. Colorado falling to Texas A&M just barely in a rather interesting game that we'll have to get into a lot more later. Uh, Texas, I believe, moves up to. Are they? Do they remain five? Or they, I think they moved up. I want to say they moved up to three. No. They moved past Clemson, maybe. I don't know. I think they moved to three. Texas A&M actually fell down to seven. Wow. Okay. Oh. Apparently, we're all idiots except for Pat. Um, moving on, we have Florida beating South Florida, forty-two to twenty. Arkansas beating number fifteen Texas, forty to twenty-one. Ole Miss beating Austin P 54 to 17. Auburn absolutely mollywhopping Alabama State 62 to 0. South Carolina edging out East Carolina 20 to 17. Tennessee bowing the knee to Pittsburgh 41 to 34. Mississippi State in a pretty good game beating NC State 24 to 10. Kentucky honestly dominating Missouri. 35 to 28, LSU beating McNeese 34 to 7, and Vandy beating an actual football team 24 to 21. Kentucky did not dominate Missouri. Yes, they did. It was tied in the fourth quarter. Last time I checked, 27 carries, 206 yards, and four tutters is domination. By one player, but I mean it was a one possession game. Who cares? I I 
after watching that game, or at least the clips of it, I didn't get to see it live, um, I would happily say, in my opinion, that... Could y'all hear me, by the way, there for a second? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, my phone gave me the... Yeah. We're having to do this over the phone, by the way. Will has homework, and, well, Pat doesn't live here. So, um... <laughs> Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Let's go ahead and get into Alabama. Dive a little bit deeper into that game. How, do, why, how about it? Y'all cool with that? Sounds good to me. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, again, let's start by talking about Alabama's 48-14 victory over Mercer on Saturday. Uh, it wasn't a surprise, obviously, that they won. If anything, most observers expected the final score to be more lopsided, as we said earlier. Uh, the win moved Nick Saban to an 11-0 all-time all against FCS opponents as the Crimson Tide's coach, with an average margin of victory being more than 40 points. And as SEC analyst Cole Kubelek pointed out Sunday Kubelek. morning... Huh? It's Kubelek. Kubelek, what did I say? Kubelek? Kubelek. Okay. My bad. Uh, pointed out Sunday morning on Twitter, the victory was also Alabama's 99th consecutive against an unranked team with no team in the AP poll era has ever won 100 in a row against unranked opponents. So Alabama closing in on another record. Just wanted to point that out before we go do a little bit deeper of a dive into this Mercer-Alabama game. Um, so obviously the knee-jerk reaction here is obviously, in my opinion, Alabama's probably prepping for Florida, right? Is that what's going on here, or has Alabama just not got their heart in this game? Uh, you know, I, I think that Alabama, you know, they, they the players knew they were going to win. They probably just were like, oh, well, well, we'll save our energy for Florida. So I, I, I don't think uh, – I just don't think the kids' hearts were into it. Nick Saban laid into them during that game, and during the I mean, during oh, they're about to get smoked this week during practice. But don't think we have to worry about Bama. So you're saying you're saying that you don't think that they're going to continue a little bit of a sliding form? Oh no, they're not going to continue a sliding form. They, the kids were just you know they. They knew they were going to win, so they they just didn't have their hearts into it, probably. I got you. That's very interesting. Will, do you have anything to add to that? Not really. I kind of just agree. They didn't have their hearts into it. I, Alabama's going to dominate the rest of the season. All righty. Well, that's interesting. Uh, let's talk about this upcoming game, I guess. Number one, Alabama facing off against the number 11 Florida team. Both teams are 2-0 and going into this game. I feel like... Uh, just based on well, what I know about Alabama, I feel like Alabama is going to win this game. Um, I don't. You should not. Um, I would say that I don't think that there's any chance actually that that Alabama loses this game. I, I'm sure there's a slim chance, but uh, I didn't write down what the ESPN's uh, uh, percentage was. I should have for this game, but um, I would reckon it's probably uh, 75% Bama. I feel like there's a very large gap between one and two this year to this point. Uh, you know, I can tend to agree with you. I mean, we had a lot of big teams fall this week. And, uh, you know, 
we don't know how long JT Daniels is going to be out for Georgia, so that could be. Uh, hey, the mailman uh, did deliver, though. Oh, oh, Stetson Bennett. <laughs> well, um, unless you guys have anything else to add to Alabama, we'll go over the lines for that Alabama Florida game later on in the episode, right there after Vanderbilt. So be sure you stick around if you want to make yourself some money. Um, let's go ahead and throw it to Arkansas then. Which, depending, I'm gonna, I mean, obviously, I'm leading this segment off, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Arkansas. Uh, some places they're ranked 24th. Some places they're ranked 20th. But for the first time since 2016, Arkansas is ranked in the AP poll, which is the poll we will be going specifically off of, because there are some polls that have Arkansas at 11, and I genuinely think that those people most have been smoking crack. But <laughs> Let's talk about this Texas game. Obviously, Arkansas took it to Texas, uh, or actually let Texas come to them and then punched them right in the moth. 40-21. Uh, to 21. This score, I would actually say, is closer than the game felt. Um, Arkansas obviously taking down at the time number 15 Texas. I believe they did fall. I'm not sure how far. Pat maybe will tell me. It seems like he knew, he knew right off the drum for the last one. Uh, big key uh, for... Check. While you do that, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this. Obviously, Arkansas moving to 2-0 and becoming ranked since the first for the first time since 2016, uh, knocking Texas down to 1-1 and giving a firm handshake welcome to the SEC. Uh, I, I can't... I'm, I'm still... Uh, if you remember back to our podcast when this was happening, I'm a... I'm very happy that this is happening. I'm glad Texas and Oklahoma are entering the SEC because I do think, regardless, that it's going to up the competition in the SEC. So, um, again, key for this game is Barry Odom's defense is absolutely phenomenal. I don't think anybody is questioning that, in my opinion. Um, Obviously, Arkansas's run game, utterly lethal, over 300 yards on the ground. Uh, no one running back actually had over 100 yards on the ground, but it was a very evenly distributed, balanced attack on the ground. But Arkansas's passing game does seem to need a lot of work. Uh, there was one interception by K.J. Jefferson in this game, but if you saw the game, that pick was utterly amazing, and I wouldn't exactly fault him for that. But same time, it's an interception, so it's a mistake nonetheless. I'll, um, I'll open it up for you two, but uh, again, I'm a firm believer that Barry Odom needs to be the highest paid defensive coordinator, probably at least top five in the nation right now. Oh, definitely agree, and I'm just going to start out my comments on this game is horns down, baby. Horns down. Horns down. I, I was honestly, I, I was pulling for Arkansas to, to win this game just to shove it in Texas's face. Texas is now unranked thanks to the Razorbacks up in Fayetteville. So there you go. Appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I was very impressed with that defense, very impressed with the rushing attack. Um, but, I, I mean, a little shout-out to senior linebacker Hayden Henry. 12 tackles on the game. Looking good, looking like a stud. And definitely impressed. First time ranked since 2016. Got to throw it out to these Razorbacks. Sam Pittman has a good team this year. I wouldn't go that far. I'm still, as a Razorback fan, I'm still very skeptical. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we, we beat a bad 
We beat we did beat a ranked team, but it's a bad Texas team. So I'm going to be holding out, uh, holding out on calling this team good. But I think they are good enough to squeak into a bowl game. Will I'll throw it to you? Uh, this one hurts for me because initially I projected Arkansas to win that game, and then all of a sudden I changed it the last week. To Texas winning, and I regret that because now I would have had a really good pick to win. But that—that's pretty much my only thoughts. Congrats to Arkansas; it's a massive win for sure. <laughs> well, thank you much, Will. I remember. Uh, I guess we'll get into the team news, but I do want to say Will in our little group message with our fantasy group was uh, really trashing Arkansas, saying that he kind of wants Texas to win that game. So even up no, to the last minute. No. No, I said I Can't take it back now, Will. There's records. Anyways, Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks improved to two and zero in a dramatic fashion Saturday night, trouncing Texas forty to twenty one. It was a tone setting win for Pittman in year two, and after the game, it was all smiles in the locker room. As you can see uh, from the Arkansas uh, Twitter page, Pittman gave a great speech. Uh, I would highly suggest going over there to watch it. By the way, is essentially what this is saying. Uh, Pittman gave a great speech about how about what the win means for the people of Arkansas. Then led the uh, led the Hogs and calling the Hogs, which is truly awesome. Then he obviously hit it with the signature. Turn that damn jukebox on, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it was a great, great time. So I just uh, wanted to. Also, they uh, stormed the field after the win. Arkansas was fined a hundred thousand dollars for that. Uh, worth every penny, in my opinion. Uh, I was actually. They rush the field. I mean, it's a big win, but is it that big of a win? Uh, this is a, this is a rivalry that runs very deep. So yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, I don't know if you've seen that TikTok with the people with the card. You know what I'm saying? It's like really good product right there, and they're, the price they're like with the card. Yep. That's what I'm. That's me right now. Write that check. I will park. Anywhere you want me to on campus, give me the ticket if I need to pay for it. I'm all good. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we'll move on to Auburn. Well, no, we got to go over uh, this week's game. Obviously, Arkansas playing Georgia Southern. Arkansas ranked 20th in the nation, according to the AP poll. Uh, going into this game, 2-0, and oh, and obviously Georgia Southern at 1-1, one and one, unranked. Uh, any thoughts about this game before we go on to Auburn? I hope that Arkansas is not riding high. Because this has a, a chance to to be an upset. Uh, because you know a lot of teams when they you know play play a good game against a ranked team, then they go and play somebody like Georgia Southern. They're they're not they're they're getting a little cocky. So it's just I hope the boys up there in Fayetteville uh, keep the head on straight. Uh, but hopefully it's not as as close as some people might predict. It, that's actually funny you mentioned that. We'll have to talk, we'll have to, I'll, I'll throw it back to that later. But uh, Let's go ahead and move on to Auburn then. Uh, college game day was in Iowa for the big Iowa-Iowa State matchup on Saturday. This weekend they'll be heading to the big-time Big Ten non-conference game. But this one will feature an SEC opponent. Obviously, talking about talking about uh, Auburn, Penn State. We'll have to talk about that in a minute, though, because we have to go over the fact that Auburn probably, 
I've got some interesting things to talk about in this game, but obviously they did improve to 2 0. Auburn goes 62 to 0 against Alabama State, uh, sending Alabama State to 1 and 1. But I want to read you the stat, or these stats, I should say, for Bo Nix in this game. And I want you to tell me who you think they played. He went 9 of 17 for 108 yards and a touchdown. But does that sound now look Josh Josh Dobbs Josh Dobbs in his own right was a great quarterback not incredibly accurate all the time had some very large inconsistencies I think Will can even agree with this but I remember he went 27 of 29 against teams that were not in the SEC when he went played non-conference games he did really well accuracy wise it seems to me like Bo Nix just does not have any accuracy in his arm whatsoever. 9 of 17 is atrocious against any team, let alone Alabama State. I, I, you know, and again, they did win 62-0. to zero. Win is a win is a win. Whatever. I want to hear what y'all's thoughts are on this. Okay, so... Big thoughts, Bo Nix, come on, man. It's Alabama State. You, you you can do better than that. I mean, you look at any other starting quarterback in the SEC right now, they can light up the scoreboard. But what I was impressed with the most was the Auburn run game. Tank Bigsby going off. 122 on 11 attempts, no touchdowns. Freshman can't pronounce his first name, but I'm just that the, the freshman Hunter, eight attempts, 147 yards, one touchdown, long and 94 in the record books as the longest rush in Auburn history. There you go. I mean, come on, give it, throw it up for the freshman right there. Got to kick six in the game, you know. Auburn fans love that crap. <laughs> but, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I I think definitely. Bo Nix needs to improve against those uh, those bottom tier kind of teams if he's going to have any future after college when it comes to game football. Um, but you know, I think the run game looks dominant, and they should against an FCS school. Uh, Alabama State went there, got their butts whooped, got that money, so. Uh, Definitely think that a uh, good win for Auburn, but Bo Nix needs to improve, or he's he's done. All right. Well, let's talk about Penn Auburn then, because this is college game day. Shockingly enough, I I didn't expect that out of this game, but I guess anything is possible in the realm of college football. I've seen stranger things happen, but. Regardless, I'm incredibly excited to see the SEC getting a game day for what feels like the first time in a while. I feel like last year there just wasn't – well, did we have one last year? I, I think they went to a Bama game. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not certain because, you know, that was a year and year. several beers ago. A year and several beers ago. I like that. That's good, Pat. Um, well – 
Um, obviously, both teams enter this game at two and zero. Auburn ranked twenty second in the nation. Penn State ranked tenth. So this will this this I guess does shape up to be a pretty good game. The spread for this game isn't very large, so we'll talk about it more later when we. Uh, well, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I I do think. Penn State wins this game. I don't think Auburn's that good. I think Auburn's just played some really bad teams. So, time will tell. I I agree with you on that. Uh, You know, Auburn's outscored their first two opponents like 122 to 10, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think Penn State does take this game, but I feel like Auburn's defense keeps them in the game till the fourth quarter at this point. All right, I'm cool with that. So, well, so I mean, stranger things have happened. Well, do you want to move on to Florida then? Yes, sir. Florida. That was a that was a actually fun game. Good in-state uh, game down in Tampa, right there. Yeah. What was it? Um, it was uh, forty-two to twenty, right? Forty-two to twenty, W over USF. Um, you know, I, I like that when I see, you know, the, the large Power 5 schools uh, playing against their in-state little brothers. Good, 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 good thing for uh, college football. But the story of the game was quarterback situation that uh, I was just about, about to say. I was just about previously. to say. I mean, Emory Jones... Pretty average, fourteen to twenty-two passing, one hundred fifty-one yards, eighty-one yards rushing, uh, one pass passing touchdown, one rush, rushing touchdown, two interceptions. But Anthony Richardson wearing that Tebow number fifteen. Yeah, that was uh, that was. Yeah. <laughs> Will, do you have any? Uh, do you have anything to add to this? Um, for me. If Anthony Richardson's healthy, he needs to be QB one. Okay, I I mean I, I I am inclined to agree with you because I do think he looked a lot more comfortable. I don't want to say better. I, I prefer the word comfortable here because I think Emory Jones does have a lot of potential to be a very electric quarterback on the field, much like a Teddy Bridgewater or maybe even I would say. Like a Nick Marshall at Auburn, I think very electric on the field, probably not a great passer, um, and I don't think you should use him as a great passer, but it seemed to me like Anthony Richardson is probably the answer there, if in my opinion. I don't think Emory Jones is bad. I just think he definitely has a clear ceiling. Okay. Well, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I do feel like I agree with that. Um, is there any good news we should know about Will for this team? Uh, I'll let Pat look at that. Alrighty. Okay, so Gator fans want Richardson. Um, Dan Mullen did announce that Henry Jones would start next week. For the Gators, both will play. Which, when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Time's ticking, Emory Jones. I called him out as a gadget player before the season started. And Richardson is uh, coming up the rear. But, 
can either quarterback lead the team to victory over Bama? Probably not. Big telling sign. Um, you can't make. You can't afford to, to make a QB change uh, while playing Bama. Yeah, no, and playing two quarterbacks is uh, writings on the wall for Florida. Best of luck. Buckle up, boys. All right, I I like it. Well, um, all right. So I guess let's do we do we want to talk about this Alabama Florida game, or do you think we've already talked about it enough and just want to leave it to uh, the Lions to talk about later? I I think we leave it leave it for the Lions. All right, let's leave it for the Lions. Let's go ahead and move on to Georgia. All right, tell me something about Georgia, Will. Let's scroll back up. Okay, so the two Georgia Bulldogs are the two. Their second-ranked Georgia Bulldogs are now two and zero after throttling four for UAB, fifty-six to seven with Stetson Bennett as their quarterback. JT Daniels was obviously out with an, an oblique injury. I don't think it's a major injury, but can someone please still... remind me what an oblique is? <laughs> what? It's your side. Is it really? It, right it's there? like your abs, but yeah, right there. Like, it's okay. Your side. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay, so uh, uh, it's not a major injury, but they're not going to risk it. They have South Carolina coming up this week, which I guess we'll get to in a second, but uh, they might not risk it against them either. But Stetson Bennett, 10 for 12, almost 300 yards, five passing touchdowns. Stetson uh, man Bennett. I will say he tied he, their school record. Did he really? Right there. Tied the school record. Wow. I didn't realize it was that low. I figured Matthew Stafford was there. I figured it was higher than that with how much he slung the ball around. An interesting stat is Georgia rushed five different running backs that all had five more than five touches. That's Talk about an embarrassment of riches. Y- yeah. That's, right there. that's definitely nice when you have that many workhorses. And, uh, one other stat. Brock Bowers stood out the most at tight end as far as receiving. He had three receptions for 107 yards, but that's the most they had there. As far as the upcoming week, South Carolina comes down to Athens to play Georgia on Saturday at 6 p.m. So just kind of what what are your thoughts on that game coming in? Uh, South Carolina is about to be a sacrificial lamb, Mm. and I feel so bad because Shane Beaver is having fun in Columbia right now. But they are about to yeah, that fun's about to stop real fast. Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, for Shane Beamer, he is the first South Carolina head coach to go two and zero in his first two games. But I'm afraid to say that's going to be two and one after this weekend. There's no way in heck that South Carolina is going to be beating Georgia this week. Not not a chance. I I would be surprised if they score. I feel like this is honestly for Georgia just another practice week. Try not to keep everybody healthy and move on to the next week. No disrespect to South Carolina, but this is two two different leagues right now. Two different leagues. Yeah, that's all I got for Georgia. All right. Well, uh, again, we will be covering the lines for that game after this. But let's go ahead and move on to Kentucky. And let me tell you, this was probably this. I just want to say, go or go ahead and say this. Kentucky, I, we tweeted this, by the way. Did y'all see this? That we tweeted, Kentucky is technically the leader in the SEC by far and away. Kentucky's the number one team in the SEC, and there's no question about it. It's factual. Yeah, they'll, they'll hold that for sure for a while. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Definitely. Right, the Kentucky Wildcats have improved to two and zero after beating Missouri thirty five to twenty eight at home in a back and forth affair. One note is that Kentucky isn't ranked; they're still not ranked, which I, I actually think they that close. They only have thirteen in the others receiving votes category, which I think is bullshit. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a much. I think this should easily be a top twenty five team, but it is what it is. Um, Kentucky got out to a fourteen zero lead before Missouri was able to answer with a touchdown of their own. The teams traded touchdowns until Missouri was able to tie it in the fourth quarter, but the next drive, Kentucky answered with a go-ahead touchdown as Chris Rodriguez had an eight-yard run touchdown. Just kind of y'all thought, y'all's thoughts on this game. I thought it was a great game. Um, Kentucky, uh, Missouri was trying to play catch-up a lot, and they eventually did catch up, but they couldn't quite hold it on. With a run game like that from Kentucky, um, it's really hard to catch up when the clock's gone by the time you get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we were excited about the new offense for Kentucky. I mean, we thought high-flying uh, Liam Cohen coming in. And then Chris Rodriguez had a game. Yeah. 7.6 yards a carry. Yeah, rushed 27 times for 200 yards and four touchdowns. Obviously that, uh, that last touchdown coming on a reception. but Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I will say, I don't think Will Levis's stats reflect how good he actually was. He was 10 for 18, 179 yards, and a touchdown interception, 25 rushing yards. So He does have five touchdowns on the year to this point, half a grand in yards, um, 28 of 44. So this kid is proving to be a very solid quarterback, being able to work the field all around incredibly well. He has good vision from what I was able to see. Obviously, I didn't see the footage of the reception. They typically don't put that in the highlights for a team. So, um, yeah, I, I'm actually I'm I'm I saw someone uh, someone tweeting there. They are starting to hate Will Levis already, uh, which is which was interesting to me. So maybe one of you two can shed some light on that. I clearly don't know what they're talking about, but uh, maybe it's you know, a. I, I, if I was. Kentucky fan, I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—I'd—
Will's right. Uh, UT chat enters this game one and one. Kentucky two and zero. Oh. There are no lines for this game. If that tells you anything, so should we move on to LSU? Let's go. Moving on to LSU. Um, LSU. No, you know what? Let's go ahead and ask the question: Is was McNeese good in this game, or was LSU, or is LSU just bad? Only beating me seven to thirty-four. You'd think that LSU would be able to beat a team like this much more convincingly, but obviously an 0-2 McNeese now, 1-1 LSU, having already fallen out of the rankings. Um, I'm just want let me hear your thoughts, y'all's thoughts on this. So this is what I was worrying about with LSU going into the season. You have LSU not coming out strong and then they lose a couple games like UCLA, don't play good against McNeese. They'll probably, they might beat Central Michigan, but then you have that murderer's row and if they don't get it turned around soon, they could go on a I have them going on a six seven game losing streak, which could get ugly fast. Could have a Clay Helton situation in LSU. Oh, you're thinking he could get fired before the four seasons in then? Yeah. Wow, that'd be that'd be something. Alright. Yeah. Uh, I I tend to agree with uh, with Will. Um, offense was super inefficient. I mean Max Johnson 18 of 27, 161 yards. You expect more against a McNeese State. I mean, the defense is light years ahead of the offense at this point. That is the only saving grace for LSU right now. Um, They're going to have to improve the run game. They're going to have to figure out something at quarterback. But uh, Edo is coaching for his life right now. (laughs) Big point that I can't believe he didn't bring up. Uh, Ed Ogeron coaching against his son at quarterback. And his son didn't do too terrible playing an LSU defense either. 10 of 20 with a tutter, no picks. Do you think Ed Ogeron made it easier on his son? No, I don't. I don't think that – I think that he's capable – Any, if you are a head coach at any level, I think – or at the college level, I'll say, I think you should be capable of blocking out that, um, that relationship. I'm, just, I'm saying, like, once the game was, like – 34 7. I don't know how quickly it got there. I wonder how fast he put it in the backups. You know what I'm saying? McNeese hmm. uh, scored that touchdown in the fourth quarter, like nine minutes left to the game. So, you know Maybe. 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 But um, I guess we should talk about their upcoming game then. Or do you want to do team news first? Anybody gonna uh, answer the question? Uh, you, uh, say quick overview of Central Michigan next week. I mean, there there's a line out for them, so yes, there is actually a line, and I'm surprised to be honest. This feels like a better. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like LSU and Central Michigan would be almost more match match than Kentucky and UT chat. From what I've heard, UT Chat's not that terrible. So, I'm a little impressed that this game got a line and that didn't. But, technicalities, whatever. Um, Central Michigan, entering this game 1-1, one one, uh, will play LSU, who is also 1-1 one at one this time. I do think LSU wins this game. I just don't know by how much. I actually want to predict Central Michigan wins this game, but... Because I predict LSU to win at the beginning of the season, 
I'm going to stick with that. But Central Michigan almost, well, they almost beat, but 34-24 with Missouri, who's a better team than LSU right now. So I think Central Michigan can beat LSU. I'm not going to predict that again because I want my initial prediction to be close, but I think it's going to be close, a close game. Uh, you know, I'm going to agree. It's going to be a close game, and I predicted that they would beat Central Michigan. But I like being a little bit of a wild card here, and I, I think Central Michigan wins, but it's a close one. Okay. I, I, I want to say that, but I can't fully commit to it, so. All right. Uh, any team news on the old LSU Bayou Bengals? Honestly, not that much. Um, really, all I, I kind of already talked about it. Really, is just more talking about how LSU probably or really didn't look all that good against McNeese. So, uh, with that being said, I guess we can roll on to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. If that's all right with you, dude, you bunch. Okay. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about this Mississippi State. Uh, NC State game. Um, this was actually a game that I was very interested in, and if you notice on our Twitter page, I put a star by this game because I thought this was going to be one of the best games to watch this week, games or one of the games to watch. Mississippi State has kept its form, uh, looking pretty good this season and rather consistent. Uh, Mississippi State obviously wins this game 24-10. NC State didn't really score all that much uh, until the end so, I I don't know. In my opinion, I think Mississippi State might actually be better than the 6-6 six and six that I had previously put them at. Based on the fact that they look like an SEC team and they don't look like... Uh, well, I don't want to say they don't look like an air raid team. Because they do, but... In this game, they did run the ball a whopping 15 times. I think this upcoming week against Memphis is going to tell them if they win this week, they could realistically win eight games. I think I, my number was seven. My number was seven because, again, with this, this is still very much an air raid team, but Will Rogers looks in control of this offense in its second year. I think their, you know, 49 passing plays is very is a lot, but. 15 rushing plays is at least keeping the other defense honest because they can run the ball if they need to. Uh, not incredibly efficient, efficiently, averaging just uh, averaging under uh, two yards per carry, but nonetheless, the running game is there. Uh, obviously, they do have a lot of weapons on the outside. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, I want to say this is nine. Nine other nine guys caught a ball. In the game, accounting for 33 catches overall, two touchdowns, obviously. I think Mississippi State's going to be a pretty decent team, and I think you're going to see them uh, compete against other SEC teams, whether or not they are incredibly competitive at the top end. That is yet to be seen, but I would doubt it to this point. Let's go ahead and talk more, however, about that Memphis game for Mississippi State, shall we? I think... Like Will said, these are team, both both these teams are coming into this game 2-0. I think Mississippi State does edge out Memphis in this game. We'll get more into the logistics of it later, obviously, once we um, once we you know get there. But I do want to go ahead and tell you this line right away. Mississippi State is only favored by three points. What do you all think about that? 
Memphis has the number one scoring offense in the nation right now. But who have they played? Granted, they've only played Nichols State and Arkansas State, so... Did Arkansas State beat them or no? I imagine not, because it's, they're 2-0. 55-50 Memphis. 55-50? Oh, okay. And the fighting Butch Jones almost edged them out. I was really pulling for Butch Jones in that, I'm not going to lie. I found myself pulling for him, too, as much as I hate to say it. I don't know why, as a Tennessee fan, I should hate him, but... <laughs> because he just, buried your school? Well, no, no, no. Jeremy Pruitt really buried the school, but... Okay, I'll give you that one. That's true. Jeremy Pruitt absolutely took a wiener to your school, but regardless. Are we done with Mississippi State, or... Um, thoughts? Uh, Pat, do you have anything to say? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pick Memphis to win this game next week, uh... Just because it was a one-point victory against Louisiana Tech, had them losing to NC State. I hate Mississippi State, so we're 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 going with the with the Tigers up in Memphis right now. Yeah. Oh well. I'll, I'll give my production. I'll give my prediction with you. All right, cool. Well, again, then we can move on to Mizzou. So I'll let Will take it away for Mizzou. So with Missouri, they're one and one this week after a tough loss against Kentucky. I think this. Again, most people had it predicted this way. Some people had Missouri winning. I was either side of it. Uh, but with that loss, I think the hope of a 9-3 season, which I think was very realistic if they'd won that game, is pretty much gone. Um, it would have really just helped their rebuilding process to hit that 9-win mark. But this is what it is. Missouri's Tyler Beatty, who is the workhorse for the offense, was able to uh, tie to tie the game in the fourth quarter after a 17-yard rushing touchdown from Con- or rush- receiving touchdown from Connor Basilak. They had opportunities later on. As for people watching, you could see Connor Basilak with the injury near the end of the game, which I don't I, I don't think that's the reason they lost or the reason they didn't tie it at the end. It just is what it is. Um, hopefully he's okay. He better be, or Missouri is really going to be hurting. And then uh, yeah. Tyler Beatty had 150 all-purpose yards, which is – Again, he has to be the workhorse for that offense if they want to do anything this year. Hopefully, the younger running backs like Elijah Young can step up and have a, a legit number two option. But if not, it could be a long season. Um, as far as my thoughts on Connor Bazelak, I think he was as advertised, 34-51, about 300 passing yards with four touchdowns and one interception. That's a great game, uh, especially against a great defense. I And I, I think it's... It's uh, a testament to Basilek and Missouri trying to improve him as a passer. Um, my only caveat with that is he threw the ball 51 times. Yeah. That is not how Missouri wins football games. And oh, I, think, know, I think it almost has to be because, because of the lack of uh, – I mean, with a, a, a lacking ground game, it is definitely something that needs to be addressed. But Basilek is coming to like coming to his own as a passer. He came from an option offense in high school. Like he's still like getting that. Imagine all motion. Imagine being that coach that had Connor Basilek and ran an option offense. I mean. What are you doing? And that's the thing. I, you know, it. He's just what a sophomore this year. Yeah. And but I, 
is he a COVID freshman? You know what? That, that could be. He could be a COVID freshman. But I, I feel like this is good for Missouri that Basilak has impressed as a passer thus far. Yeah. However, throwing 51 times a game, that needs to be addressed because you, you got to get the, the boys up front. They need to work something out right now because that that is hard to win in the SEC if you're if people know what you're doing. I I, I disagree, but I mean it is. But I think that I think with their personnel, it makes sense. Um, as far as next week, Missouri plays Zemo. Uh, Sorry about that uh, little break there. We had a little problem. But with Missouri and SEMO, there's not too much to talk about with this game. It's SEMO. Missouri should absolutely blow the back out of them on this game. So I think the goals for them are just stay healthy, make sure Baselight is healthy, obviously, from last week. If he's hurt in any way, don't put him in. So get the backups in, get some experience. And that's pretty much it. So we can move on to Ole Miss. So, Pat? <laughs> yeah, I'll let Pat take this Ole one. Miss. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. First home game back in the Grove after two years. Easy W for the Rebs, 54-17. 630 yards of total offense, looking like the most balanced attack in the SEC. 294 passing, 336 rushing. And Lane Kiffin's train is rolling, baby. Wow. Hop on, Matt Corral for Heisman. Oh, that was a little voice crack right there. Oh, But uh, Matt Corral for Heisman, take, on it since his break. The Matt Corral for Heisman take isn't as cold as I initially thought it was. He's, <laughs> I, think he, he, I think he's fourth in the odds right now. Which is, uh, okay. Tied it, with Bryce Young for first first overall odds right now. Okay. Uh, so he... on the train. Baby, he does, I called it. He does not have the stats right now to back it up, but if you've watched an Ole Miss game, there, I haven't seen a college quarterback that in control of everything going on in the offense in a while. And the thing that's, that worried me to start the season is players on teams that still have good stats but aren't winning games. They don't get favored. We've got a we've got a pulse on defense this year. They're still <laughs> giving up yards. It's not like three hundred some yards a game. That's down from five hundred plus a year ago. The defense looks different. Players are swarming to other teams. I mean, running back by committee. I mean, John Rice Plumley converted quarterback was second on the team, 64 yards rushing on four attempts. Henry Parrish, he was a slot receiver. eight attempts, 72 yards. I mean, this team looks so balanced, and it's like Rain Man right now. I'm freaking Pat, out. Bring me his pants. <laughs> Pat needed to bring his white pants. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is you're pretty confident against Tulane. Go ahead. I, I'm confident it's Tulane. I say it's 
not going to be an easy game because they did put up 35 on Oklahoma. I, I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than people think. Obviously, I believe Ole Miss is going to win, but it's going to be a lot more competitive. And, I mean, I, I'm all for it. I I think Tulane is a better team than Louisville. Willie Fritz down there in uh, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, wherever you know, Tulane is. I mean, I, I think he's a good coach. He's got a good quarterback. Tulane is a team on the rise. I think I, I think it's going to be close, not close, but closer than people believe. All right, so is that all you got to say for Ole Miss then? All I got. All right, well, then I guess we can move ever forward, as they say. Uh, who do we have next then? South Carolina. South Carolina? But I'm just going to take it. South Carolina comes out of the weekend 2-0 by the skin of their cock feathers. Oh, my gosh. it was down to it was South Carolina was down to ECU fourteen to zero right before halftime, but then Damani Staley got a sixty three yard pick six to make it fourteen to seven and kind of get them back into the game. South Carolina tied at seventeen to seven in the fourth quarter, and then with five minutes on the clock, South Carolina drove fifty four yards in ten plays to kick a thirty six yard field goal by Parker White to walk it off against ECU, which. It's impressive that they were able to control the game clock like that and win the game, but it's ECU, and that should worry South Carolina fans that uh, you you have to grind one out versus ECU. Let's just put it that way. Zeb Nolan went 13 for 24 with 214 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The rushing attack was not very good, and Juju McDowell was their leading rusher at 71 yards. Josh Vann, senior wide receiver, had a good day, though, as uh, he had five receptions for 116 yards. Um, maybe one upside for South Carolina is that Luke Doty could be back as early as next week, which is welcome for the Gamecocks fans. It should be interesting to see how the offense transforms when he comes back. Uh, I don't know if he wants to come back next year, next week because South Carolina plays Georgia, and he might get knocked the hell out. If he comes back next week and he might be right back on the injured reserve. <laughs> that being said, South Carolina, South Carolina <laughs> plays Georgia to, uh, next Saturday at 6 p.m. My thoughts, and then I'll get y'all's, stay healthy, take advantage of any opportunities you may get, and move on to next week. Yep. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I'd like to say... Uh, Call back to this past spring with our March Madness brackets. Who was my darling of the bracket? Loyola of Chicago. They are the Cinderellas. Love them to death. After this 2-0 start, Zeb Nolan coming from a grad assistant to QB1. They're my darlings of the SEC East. I think they made a bowl game this year. Uh, yeah, I, I'm afraid I to tell you, Pat. You're missing your big red shoes and your big. Sure, I don't twenty bucks. If you if you want to make this fair, you can. I can just take you out back, kick in the nuts, and call it fair. <laughs> so I, I think <laughs> South Carolina is good enough to make it to a bowl game once Dodie's wow. back healthy. Pat, I'm just wondering. Let's look at the rest of our schedule. Georgia loss, Kentucky. Loss. Troy, win. 
at Tennessee, you can maybe say it's a win, but I'm saying a loss, more than likely. It's um, a win. Then Vanderbilt, maybe a win. Texas A&M, loss. Florida, loss. Missouri, loss. Auburn, loss. Clemson, loss. There's no shot in hell this team makes a bowl game. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Venmo me fifty dollars right now. I'll Venmo you two hundred if they make a bowl game. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll get down with that. All right, so so we're making it official. If Pat wins this, he gets two hundred dollars from Will. A hundred percent pay you two hundred dollars if they make a bowl game. If they don't, I give you fifty. That's a fair deal. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's, wow. that's the easiest bucks I've ever made in my life. Just or the easiest your... 200 pats ever made. Huh? Or the easiest 200 pats ever made. Yeah, whatever. No shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Pat's... Season, I'm on Team Pat here. Well, let's move on to the team that South Carolina is probably going to beat. Oh, no. Not, no, no, no. Hell, we got to talk about South Carolina Georgia first. Sorry about that, boys. Um, Wrong team. No, no, no. I was, I was talking about Tennessee. I was talking about Tennessee, but it's whatever. Um, yeah. The Georgia, they're probably going to lose. It just says what it is. Yep. All right. Moving on to Tennessee. Tennessee had a disappointing week this week as they dropped to one and one after losing to Pittsburgh, thirty-four to forty-one. The story of this game was Falls' quarterback play and discipline. Falls were up ten to zero after the first quarter, but easily could have been up twenty-one to zero. Anybody watching the game, I've heard this from my friends that aren't even Tennessee fans. Quarterback Joe Milton missed every single deep ball possible in that first quarter, and they were all eligible for touchdowns. Tennessee, at worst, with a game manager quarterback, would have been up twenty-one to zero, and you never know what could have. What it would be like if that had happened? When maybe they press, maybe Pittsburgh tries to press, press the passing game, and the game's a lot different. Who knows? Um, the other big story of this game: Tennessee gave up 27 points in the second quarter alone, which was their, which ended up being their doom. Uh, Joe Milton did end up getting benched by Virginia Tech grad transfer Hendon Hooker, who came in the second half after Joe Milton technically got hurt, but I think really just got benched. Pitt was able to outlast the balls with key defensive stops and win 34 to 41. Just y'all's thoughts on this game. One little note, the balls had 13 penalties for 134 yards and they were all in inopportune times. Okay, so I looked at this stat. Josh Heupel's teams in the past have been in the top five, top ten of the most penalized teams yeah. come the end of the season. It happens. That needs to get nipped in the bud. Nipped in the bud because if you have an undisciplined team, you're not going to win in the SEC. Josh Heupel is going to be out faster than Pruitt at this point if he doesn't get that nipped in the bud right now. I I I actually disagree with you there because I think uh, Pruitt was expected to win. Heupel's expected to collect up Pruitt's pieces. I think Heupel has a longer leash than Pruitt did. Not to mention Pruitt literally had a mass scandal, so there's also that. And I I, I hope this for last just because uh, I don't really think it had had an effect on the game for sure, but I don't know that it really affected the outcome. By halftime, the ball started quarterback, starting running back, backup running back, starting wide receiver, starting center, starting defensive end, defensive end, 
weren't out of the game due to injury or COVID. So, the Falls were playing very shorthanded and missed a lot. I mean, was just missing a lot of players. Again, I don't think it changes the outcome of the game. Maybe it does, but I don't want to make that claim just because it feels like an excuse. Um, Hinton Hooker, though, in relief, went 15 for 21 for 188 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one fumble with 50 rushing yards. If he can clean up the turnovers, he doesn't have as high of a ceiling as Joe Milton does, not by far. But I think he is the better option for winning now for Tennessee. So we'll see what happens there. Josh Heupel neglected to comment on the quarterback situation, as he always does. So we'll see. Tennessee gets the rebound this week as they play FCS Tennessee Tech in Knoxville Saturday at 11 a.m., who just got shut out by Furman of all teams. So this is a good chance for Tennessee to clean up those disciplinary issues, a good chance to find out who their real quarterback is before they go head down to the Swamp um, the Saturday after at 7 p.m. on ESPN. So that's going to be a huge game. Um, so this is a chance for Tennessee to clean everything up and figure out their quarterback before they head down to the Swamp. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's going to matter about Tennessee's quarterback in the Swamp. I genuinely think Tennessee is going to lose that game regardless. But it would be nice to see him be competitive and that be just a fun game to watch. It's always fun. We'll we'll be able to talk about it next week. I don't think Tennessee, obviously, I don't think Tennessee has a chance of winning. But with their offense, I think it could at least be interesting, if that makes sense. Again, never thinking we're going to necessarily have a chance to win. But it could be, on the scoreboard at least, closer than most people think. Again, I have no chance Tennessee's winning. But I think it could at least be more interesting than people would think. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. Fingers right. crossed. Moving on, for real. Moving on, Texas A&M. I, oh, I have one more stat about Josh Heupel. Just talking about that, I think uh, Josh Heupel at UCF and all of his coaching days, when he gets beat, he does not get blown out ever, ever. Go back and look at UCF. I think. Well, with that all kind of offense, I feel like it's hard to. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's like. Expect a lot of these games to be closer than we think. I'm sure Georgia, Alabama, and possibly Florida are, are all going to blow Tennessee out, but um, they'll probably be a little bit closer just because, again, Josh Heupel's games, even when he's not as good as the other team, are closer. So we can move on to Texas A&M. All that was. Uh... Texas A&M, that was a uh, that was a That was a game. cluster screw is what that was. Texas A&M, I don't think at any point up until now has looked as bad in a game. I mean, their defense was – it was good, but I mean, man. I mean, that was objectively shit. With Haynes King going down – this team's ceiling is so low. Like, I changed my predictions completely. Even with Haynes King, I didn't think he was that good. Um, man, this team is a quarterback away, but that quarterback away is really hurting them right now. And he's out at least till sometime in October. They don't have a set date for him. So, uh, so Zach Calzado did not look good. At least he looked me, good there so, at the uh, end. But he up until that point, he looked they nervous. Scored, they scored 10 points. I mean, he was 18 for 38, 183 yards passing, 
one touchdown, which sealed the deal for A&M. Offensive line looked garbage. I mean, Calzada doesn't move around like Haynes King can. And that was going to be the thing for Texas A&M, in my opinion, that helped them kind of supplement the the iffy line they had. Yeah, for sure. If defense can keep them in games, try to figure out the run game. But A&M, that is a big sign of concern just squeaking out against Colorado. Oh, that's a huge sign. Now, who do they have this week? They have... Let me check. Wait for you, Jack. They have New Mexico this week. So. Oh, you were talking to me. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> Pat responded. So I was like, oh, I guess that's a Pat question. But yeah, they have New Mexico, yeah. who enters this game 2-0. and oh. Um, obviously, Texas A&M back down at seven uh, this week enters this game two and zero as well. But let's put an asterisk by that because again, that was a crap game last week. So, yeah. All right, and I have a, I have an interesting prediction for that game. All right, moving on to the last team we got. I assume we're done with uh, Texas A&M. We are. To, we are done with Texas A&M. All right. So Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt Commodores shocked the, shocked the nation by going on the road. Uh, the hell? The road to... Okay, to call, they went on the road to Colorado State and beat them 24-21, down 21-3, to I think, at one point. Uh, well, no. With Colorado State, uh, while Colorado State isn't great, I never expected Vandy to win this game. Vandy was down 14-0, but scored a touchdown right before the half to make it a one-possession game, kind of like South Carolina. Actually, these games mirror each other pretty good. Uh, Vanderbilt took the lead going into the fourth quarter, and just like South Carolina... Uh, or someone took the lead. I don't know. But even, anyways, it was tied uh, 21-21 and with 19 seconds left. Joseph Belubas kicked the game-winning 38-yard field goal for Vanderbilt to walk Belubis? it off. Is that what his name was? Ah, that's my attempt at saying his name. So. Ken Seals had a much better day or much better, much better week this week. 238 yards passing on 27 completions. Vanderbilt stays in Nashville this week as they play Stanford, who just upset USC, so I would expect them to murk the Commodores. The game is at 7 p.m. on Saturday, so I think Vanderbilt's goals are, one, keep keep Ken Seals healthy and then look forward to UConn on October 2nd because that's probably their only win left. Uh, I personally thought Colorado State would murk Vandy, but here we are. So maybe Vandy has a chance, but I doubt it. Uh, I mean, maybe that it's definitely definitely a great win for Vanderbilt. I never expected that to happen, but it is what it is. I don't expect it to happen again. So, I guess we're done with teams. Yeah, we can go to predictions and lines and. Well, let's stuff. start with the one we ended on, and we'll work up at the list that I have here. So let's start with Vandy entering this game one and one, playing Stanford, who is also one and one. Um, um, this game is at this is on Saturday at 7 p.m. Yes, it is. So let's talk about this, gentlemen. The spread for this game is 11 points. Uh, we are looking at a plus 330 money line for Vandy and you a minus. Oh, you said the money, the spread is 11 points between Vanderbilt and Stanford. Yes, sir, it is. That is free money. Oh my God. Also, shout out to me. Um, touchdown for Josh Jacobs. 
that's a that's a week one fantasy win for me. Oh well, hey, at least it didn't go into Darren Waller. So <laughs> yes, sir. Well, did you see? I'm sorry to break to break the the flow of the episode up. Did you see how bad my fantasy week was this week? Dude, I might just because Aaron Rodgers put up four points. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's go ahead and uh, and the, the over under for this game is forty nine. Anything a trio, you boys here? Um, I'm going Stanford spread. I mean, put the bank on it. You think? You, I, I think mm-hmm. they're going to win by twenty or more points. Forget eleven. I think. I think I'm with you on that. I think I take the Stanford spread. Uh, minus 11 there is uh, – it's hard to say no to. Yeah, my, my, I'm just going to give my prediction. I have Stanford winning 52-13. to 13. Pat? <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm taking Stanford spread at this point. Like, it, that, like Will said, easy freaking money. Alrighty, well, if y'all think it's that easy money, then this one should be easy money for you as well. Let's talk about Ole Miss and the two-lane green wave. The spread for this game is currently sitting at 14 points in favor of Ole Miss, and the money line right now is plus 450 for two-lane and minus 650 for Ole Miss. The over/under is 74. Let me hear your thoughts, gentlemen. Um, I'll go first, Pat. I'll let you finish. So, I have this game actually as a 14 point spread. As far as my prediction, I have Ole Miss winning 56 to 42. Tulane has shown their propensity to really be able to score on offense. If you look at their first two weeks, especially against Oklahoma, who apparently, quote, had great defense. And even if played overrated, still better than Ole Miss's. So, I think they're going to put up more than that. Hmm. Again, I just think Ole Miss is going to be able to outlast them, though. So, 56 42, Ole Miss. And I. For the spread, that's right at 14, so I'm not touching it. Okay, so I'm going, obviously, Ole Miss, they they can outlast Tulane. I think their offense is better than Oklahoma's. And I'm going to ride the hot streak of the defense and say they win 56 to... 28. So. Oh, so you're really going to, I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm doubling that, 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 uh, that line right now. <laughs> so I think, um, I'd take the under on it, but, uh, or well, not take the over on it. And, uh, yeah, Ole Miss 56. Tulane, 28. What's the under, what's the over under for that? 72. 72 and a half. Oh. Yeah, not that's too high to touch. Even though I think it's going over, I think it's too high. Alright, so yeah, the next game would be Central Michigan and LSU. Uh, the line for this game is uh, LSU minus 20 and uh, the <laughs> over under is 60 and a half. LSU minus 20? Oh, my God. I'm taking Central Michigan. I think, first of all, again, I think Central Michigan can win this game. My prediction is 31-30 LSU, and that's simply because going into the year, I had LSU winning, so I don't want to change up on that. Um, 31-30 LSU, and that's, again, another easy line. If it's really minus 20 LSU, 
Come on, they're not doing that. The uh, money line for Central Michigan, if you want to talk about it, is plus seven hundred. So that honestly has a good value in itself. Okay, I'm I'm taking the money line with Central Michigan. I feel like it's going to be a back and forth game. Central Michigan has a better passing offense than LSU does. LSU's defense is solid, but the value is there for Central Michigan, and I think they win 35 to 28 over the Bayou Bengals. I could definitely see that. Right here, right now, call it. <laughs> All right. Jack, Jack, are you not going to give any thoughts? or No, I feel like I shouldn't give any thoughts on this, so I'm not going to. I'm... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm taking I'm, I'm taking the Central Michigan spread. I don't know about the money line. I I do think Central Michigan wins this game, even though I'm not predicting it. But definitely not confident enough to call it. But you're willing to put money on it. Yeah. At least a few bucks. All right. Well, let's talk about the game hey, of the week. More than likely question. here, Auburn. Wait, hold on. Quick question: If Central Michigan wins this game, does Ed O'Shawn get fired after? Not after this game, but he gets fired by midseason. Okay. All right. What were you saying? Uh, Auburn, Penn State. The uh, the line is uh, minus six in favor of uh, Penn State, and then the over under is fifty three. I'll let you. I'll let you start on this one. Okay, this one I've been wrapping my head around for a couple of days. I, I did look into this because College Game Day is going to Happy Valley, Penn State usually performs well big time game hope it's a whiteout because happy valley with a whiteout good time right. it is a whiteout actually oh okay that is one of the best images in college sports racism but, but here's what, what I've got I've got a confident Auburn defense I don't have a confident Bo Nix so, I would take the money line for Penn State. But I think Auburn covers the spread. That's actually that's not bad. I have. So, what's your score prediction? I'm just wondering. Um, okay, so I've got Penn State uh, 28, and then I've got Auburn 21. I have Auburn at twenty one two. I just have I have Penn State at thirty four. I think I think this is going to be a wider gap of the game. I think Auburn and I'm not blaming them, but they're getting a little bit overrated right now just because well at ten, Penn State's overrated as well. I Penn State's not the tenth best team in the nation, it's not close. Um, that being said, uh, I think Penn State's gonna control, especially at home with the new coach with Auburn. Uh, I think they're going to control this game. 13-point win. I'm not betting on this game. Penn State money line for sure. I just, what, what's the value on that? The Penn State money line? Yeah. Let me pull it up real quick. I didn't write it down. I didn't think it was interesting. Yeah, it was minus 230. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, right now I'm not. Oh, minus 230? Yeah, I'm touching that. Minus 230. Put, put it in a parlay? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on then to Georgia, South Carolina. The line here is minus 31 in favor of Georgia, and the spread, uh, the over-under is 48 points, 48 and a half points. Sorry, I feel like this one's not going to take much discussion. Yeah, 
I'll just lead it off. I have Georgia winning forty nine to six. That's I, I would on I'd actually be surprised if South Carolina scores at all. Maybe they score near the end of the game, two field goals or something. Uh, maybe when the backups come in. So six, I might be generous with that. Forty nine, I think Georgia. They're whether or not JT Daniels plays or not, it's not going to matter. I'm just going off what they did last week because I think it's going to be the same type of game. Okay, I'm not touching anything on here. My prediction, 49-17. to 17. Georgia wins. Um, Cinderella's do have their 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 time click out, but I, I'm, I'm confident about South Carolina. Georgia's just overall the better team right now. No shit. All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, Memphis, Mississippi State. Mississippi State now favored by three points over under 63 and a half. Okay, so I have I have this as a back-and-forth game. I have it very close. Uh, definitely not touching this game. I just don't feel like betting on Mississippi State games. I feel like it's a great way to lose money. That being said, Memphis being the number one scoring offense in the nation, and I don't think that's just fake. Now, they might not be legit the number one, but they do have a great offense, and I don't think Mississippi State's seen anything like that. Therefore, I am going Memphis 35, and it's at Memphis. Memphis 35, Mississippi State 31 in a Memphis upset. All right. Uh, what's that money line for for the game for Memphis? For uh, Mississippi State Memphis, you said? Yeah. Uh, you guys are asking for this. The, uh, the, the money line for Memphis is plus 145, and the money line for Mississippi State is minus 170. All right, well, you know what? I want to touch this game because Mississippi State could burn in hell. And wow. um, <laughs> so uh, I'm feel. taking the money line for, for Memphis. And I have them beating Mississippi State 42-28. to 28. I, just, I don't know. I, I don't think it might get that high scoring. Honestly, my score might be way too much. Mississippi State has a great defense. They really do have a pretty good defense. Oh, it's, it's solid, but they're, they're, there's principle. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, what's next, Jack? We have Arkansas versus Georgia Southern. Arkansas favored by 23.5, over under 52.5. Uh, so Arkansas has been scoring around. Arkansas is going to control this game. Short of it being an upset, like being just really weird, I think Arkansas is just going to control this game. They have confidence. They've been scoring about 38 to 40-something, so I'm going to get them at 45, give Georgia Southern six points out of pity. Their offense isn't very good. 45-6, Arkansas. Uh, you know, going to have to agree. Arkansas is going to control the game. Um, I think they score a little more. I think they're about 50, 56. Um I'm going to say 56 to 6, Arkansas over Georgia Southern. Okay. All right, Jack, what's up? Um, I, I'll, I'll give my input here. I think Arkansas squeaks by Georgia Southern. I'm actually going to take Georgia Southern in the uh, line. Okay. I think right. I think they cover. Uh, just because, of, you know, it's Arkansas. So. Uh, next up, an interesting one, Alabama-Florida. Alabama favored 15.5 points over under 58.5. Fifteen and a half, take that for Alabama all day long. I think that's going to be pretty easy. I have Alabama winning 
49 to 27. Uh, and it, I think that's about probably what it's going to be. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback for Florida, whether that's Anthony Richardson, who just pulled his hamstring, which I don't think I heard it wasn't too bad still. He's not going to be 100% for Alabama, even if he does play. And I think he's still going with Emory Jones as a starter. So um, 49-27, Alabama, cover the spread. Money line, all that doesn't matter. All right, uh, this was a, uh, a tough one for me because uh, up until I saw that Emory Jones was getting the start next week, I was thinking Anthony Richardson he might might be able to do something for Florida. Um, I'm going to take Alabama. I think it is going to be closer than 15 points. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go forty nine uh thirty five, something like that. I, I this was a hard game for me to to predict because Alabama Ford is always, you know, like a tough matchup. Yeah, because they play so much, right? Well, I'm I'm thinking historically, you know, like back when we were kids and Tivo was there and Okay, because Tebow's there right now for sure. Okay, um, uh, what, what, any, anyway, <laughs> yeah, with Anthony Richardson, if he if he were healthy and starting, they might cover the spread. But since he's not, I'm going to Alabama cover the spread for sure. All right, Jack, what we got next? Next, we have New Mexico versus Texas A&M. Both teams entering two and zero. Texas A&M favored by twenty eight points. Over under is fifty and a half. All right, so. I'm texting, taking New Mexico to cover the spread. I have Texas A&M winning 24-17. I think their offense is putrid, and it's going to remain so, especially without Haynes King. I don't think they're capable of putting up uh, that amount of points. And then I might be going too much with New Mexico at 17 just because Texas A&M's defense is still good. But uh, they have, I believe I saw New Mexico had been 2-0, put up a lot of points. So I don't think Texas A&M's going to be in – fear of losing this game, but not necessarily a big win. Okay. Uh, I can I tend to agree with you on that. Um, defense is good. Uh, I'm also I'm going to take New Mexico to cover it. Texas A&M, it's going to be uh, a little lost at all, it, uh, on offense. Um, I have been winning 35 14. And, I, think uh, I can definitely see that. I, I don't think they're going to score as much as everybody wants them to, but I, I feel like that's a fair score. Uh, New Mexico is playing tough right now. Alright, so the next game we got is Chattanooga at Kentucky. That's actually it for the Lions, by the way. So we got no lines for the Tennessee or Kentucky game? We don't have Kentucky. Kentucky chat has no lines. Missouri, Southern, Southeast Missouri has no lines. Tennessee, Tennessee Tech has no lines. All right, so we can just go ahead and roll through these games. Yeah. Chattanooga, Chattanooga at Kentucky, Saturday at 11 a.m. Pat, what you got? Uh, I have Kentucky steamrolling Chattanooga, 49-7. to 7. Oh, you're actually pretty close. I have Kentucky 49-10 to 10 in this game. <laughs> Will uh, says he's actually pretty close as if he just knows – Yep, this is it. <laughs> Sorry, Will. 
Wait, but I will I will shout out the, the University of Tennessee Chattanooga for having a beautiful campus. I will call them. Oh, I will shout them out. He did this when I was there. <laughs> it was awful, but that's just my opinion. I'm also a Tennessee fan, so it is what it is. But yeah, 49-10 Kentucky. This is get uh, not get back right because they're just coming off a great win, but uh, just kind of get back and prepare for their next big game, which would be Florida in two, three weeks after South Carolina next week. So, yeah, uh, moving on, Tennessee Tech at Tennessee Saturday, 11 a.m. God, I hope it, I hope this is blowout for Tennessee. Tennessee's awful, by the way. I mean, oh, I, I'm, I'm predicting 56 nothing because it's Tennessee Tech. Yeah. God, I yeah, it should be. I have Tennessee winning. Georgia Southern 2.0 here. Georgia State, you mean? Georgia State, whatever, same thing. Okay, yeah, so I have Tennessee <laughs> 52 to 13. And just basically a controllable game. Hopefully we put up more points than that. But I got to see it to believe it. So, and the last game we have is uh, Missouri. Southeast Missouri. Southeastern, sorry. I don't think I wrote that one down. <laughs> I mean, you're not missing much here. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about that while I make a prediction. Southeast Missouri is a, a no-name school. Uh, they play Missouri, who's an SEC team. This team, this game is going to be a blowout. There's a reason there's not a line for it. Um, I would, su- I think Missouri does get back on form here or tries to find some f- essence of form. And uh, really... Uh, I think they come out of this game better. I'm going to say this game is a 52 to 10. Okay. Um, like you said, SEC versus I'm, I think they're Ohio Valley Conference. I have Simo, Is that what they Simo's are for real? Ohio Valley Conference? I, I, I believe they are. They, that's it. Wrong. That You're right. They're the first in the Ohio Valley Conference, by the way, at 0-2. There we go. So, we got we got stat cast right here. <laughs> but, uh... My goodness. Missouri's, Missouri's going to get back on track. Uh, I feel like it's going to be about... Shoot. I would say 56 to 13. They're going to figure out. They're going to work out the kinks. It's going to be fine. I'm a little torn because if Connor Bazelak doesn't play, and again, I haven't heard any reports on him, if y'all want to look that up real quick, if he doesn't play, obviously they're still going to win the game, but that's going to majorly affect the score. I'm assuming he does, though, with 49-6 to win, uh, just kind of a controllable game, and yeah. All right, well, are we ready to go then? Alright, Will's got homework to do. Pat's probably got to uh, do something. I don't know. And then I've got to go to bed. So, with all that being said, thank you guys for watching. I appreciate you bearing with us and the inconsistency of our schedule. We will get back on top of it, I promise. Uh, We're going to make a a more efficient schedule for each of of us. So, either way, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hope these bets have uh, made you some money. And, uh... Yeah. Later, guys.